Well, welcome everyone. I'm so pumped to have you here at our Method Live Group Coaching with our incredible guest expert today. It is Thursday, August 10th, and it is so great to see all of these beautiful faces. I was just telling Coach Becca earlier this week what a gift you guys are to me. We love each of you dearly, and we are so glad to have Alex here. So without further ado, so we can maximize all of our time today, I'm going to introduce Alex with not a typical accolades read. So I hope this is okay, Alex. I'm just going to go with it. But I pulled this up from his website, and I thought this would be just a great little story to tell you about the type of person he is if you've not ever met him before. On his website, he says, there's a moment in our lives when we are called to rise up and lead. When you hear that voice inside calling, a purpose that you have no choice but to lead. And you're not alone. He says, I didn't know how important that moment in my life was going to be. I was seven years old, riding home from swim practice with my dad. Feeling sassy and confident, I said to my father, you can't say anything to make me mad today. My father, smiling, replied, I can make you mad with one sentence. And all the parents in the room smiled. (laughs) Confidently, in spite of my father's warnings, I said, give it your best shot. Little did I know those next words would be a calling card throughout my life. He said, Alex, you are a follower. I still can't tell you to this day why he said it or why it made me mad. Heck, I couldn't even articulate what it meant to lead, but my whole being knew it didn't feel right. My being knew I was born to lead. And I would like to introduce y'all to my coach, Someone who has been such a huge supporter of me and Grayson as we build this business is Alex Kuhn. Alex, thank you for being here. I'm handing it over to you. Ah, well, it's, uh, I see a lot of familiar faces here. So I know Becca, it's good to see you. Mary, it's good to see you. Jen, it's good to see you as well. Um, I'm, I'm really excited. Man, that story always gets me like a little, little, little goosebumps on the arm. And, I think it's actually a really good moment to take today because I think a lot of times we come into these and and I know Mary and Becca, I know you've seen it. I'm not, this isn't, I'm not doing the PowerPoint. I'm not doing the microwave dish training for you today. Okay. So it's going to be very different than probably the last time. Um, and even kind of talking to Alexis a little bit today, uh, I have an idea where I want to go. But more importantly, today is, you know, when Alexis tells that story about me, I think we all have that origin story. You know, when we think about things in our past, where how we got to this moment today, it didn't have to be as a kid. It could have been two years ago or three years ago or five years ago. So I want to start off there. So I want to get to know everyone here before we even begin there. So very simply, Becca, I'll just start with you because I probably have talked with you the most out of everybody here. But can you tell everyone maybe a story or just something about yourself? That feels like it brought you to this moment today in your business and your life and what your vision is for yourself. Um, I don't know if it's one story. I think my whole life I've been told that I was a leader, um, whether I believed it or not. That was a different story. <laughs> um, but I played sports all my life. And so I was always kind of the person who was, I don't know, gathering everybody and getting their more morale. Morale, is that it? getting everybody's morale back up, whether it was a win or a lose. Um, I think for me, things shifted when my kids were, when my son was born and I had more than just me to lead. I had other people that I wanted to be a really good influential leader for. Um, And I know that's very vague, but 
I just want them to always know from me modeling that leadership doesn't look like dictatorship. It doesn't look like telling other people what to do. It means that you, you go first. And so I just want them to know that and to be able to live that. I think uh, raise your hand if you feel like that's a really good definition of a leader, just being there and helping and wanting to do that. I mean, that's to me is leadership. So by the way, I'm going to do a little inspo thing here. Um, you guys are now in born to lead world. You know, I guess Alexis is giving me the honors of having you guys for 90 minutes. So when we celebrate, we, in my community, we do something called two poet slams. So it goes like this. So let's everybody give Bika two poet slams. And obviously, thank you for that as well there. Jen, for you, what's the little origin story you remember about yourself? And tell everyone what you do. Yeah, so I honestly, I, I can't remember. I just always remember like being someone to bring people together and connect people um, and just wanting to help and solve problems um, and just create like I can remember helping my friend clean her room and like have it really organized and just like, I don't, I don't know. That was just some things that pop into my mind. And um, what I do is I help women create more harmony in their life by, by unleashing the power of their hormones um, in areas of their, their home, their health and their relationships. So um, I have daughters and I want to be a leader for them and inspire them um, so much. We were walking to school the other day and there was a sign that said men working. And my seven-year-old goes, mom, why does it say men working? (laughs) So um, I feel like I'm doing pretty good so far, but just empowering them and being an inspiration for them. I, I just get everyone to raise your hands. Who here feel, knows right away, even if you just met Jen for the first time, you can feel she's a connector. You can just feel it that she just really wants to listen. So thank you, Jen. Two poet slams for Jen. Appreciate that. Heidi, hello. What about you? What's your moment? Hey, um, so I have kind of always, I feel like in my life, been more discouraged than encouraged. And I've known that there's so much more inside of me that has been wanting to come out. I've wanted to lead kind of more than, I guess. So I'm, I've been in healthcare for 20 years mm-hmm. and I'm a nurse. And then I went back for nurse anesthesia and I have a lot of responsibilities, but I'm always kind of told like, well, you're not a doctor. So that kind of mentality. And there's just a lot of competition too with, this field. Um, and so I've kind of taken a complete pivot and started a digital marketing agency. And my goal is to help small business owners, medium-sized business owners become a trusted authority in whatever business that they're running in their local area. Love that. I love that. You know, here's this, Heidi, I, I grew up in a, a family of, uh, of nurses my wife's a physical therapist by trade. And I, I got to tell you a story there when you say about that whole doctor, like ego-ish type thing in the healthcare there. So my wife has her doctorate. So technically she's a doctor by the, whatever the language is there. So when she, she worked for a hospital, I will not say what, but they have very specific parking spaces for doctors. And so when she got the contract, she thought, okay, I'm going to have one of those parking spaces. And nope, you're not the right doctor. You're only a PT, that type of thing. So when you bring that, that brings up that like, vibe in me there like I just like so 
I'm glad you're doing this there. And I think it's also the best moment because I think all of us here, when it comes to leaders, let's be real. I think Heidi has a similar story that most of us probably could say is somebody told us we can't be something, we shouldn't be doing something, or we won't be able to do something there. And yet you are still here saying F no, whatever language you want to be, and still moving forward there. And I think it's all of us. So two post things for you, Heidi. So appreciative there. Uh, do you prefer Sarah May or Sarah? So I want to get it right there. Um, either one works. What do you prefer? It's, it's all about you. What do you selfishly oh, want to be called? I selfishly want to be Sarah May. Sarah May. So let's go with it there. Love it. Um, all right. So I'm in the army, yeah. <laughs> obviously. And uh, I've always held leadership positions, whether it was in the army or anything else I was doing. And it was about Six or so years ago, when I was leaving one high stress position to go take another where I was going to be in charge of like 120 different soldiers. Um, And my leader told me that he was worried that I didn't know how to lead. And that really started this self development path. First, there was sadness, and then there was anger. And then there was this whole like, well, why would he say that? What can I do differently, which has spurred on a whole new journey for me. And I'm still here. Yeah. I, you know, I think that's the best part. I feel like, uh, and I think all of us, right. There is that depression, right? I mean, let's be honest. How many of us actually cried when somebody said something to us at some point in our life there. Okay. I can remember when I applied for Northwestern to go to the MBA school or their MBA school there, I did the interview. I thought it was great. And then the Dean of admissions slid this little paper over to me and I opened it and it had in quotations, you know, because apparently I kept saying, you know, a lot in the interview as a filler like statement. And he said, you are not worthy of Northwestern. And I remember bawling and crying, but I think Sarah may, you and I know have that moment. It's like, well, F you, I'm pissed. I'm going to do it anyways there. So, I love that. And of course, your uniform basically says you are a leader there. So two poet slams for Sarah May. So appreciative that you are here. Mary, Mary. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. Tell us your story. Um, So I am the oldest of four girls. And so from a child, I was told I'm a leader and I hated it. I absolutely hated it because... <laughs> My parents would always say, Mary, if you walk into a ditch, your three sisters are going to follow you. So be very cautious about the decisions you make. And they always gave the definition of leadership as influence. It is influence. And that's what they would always say. And I just hated it because I felt like a decision that I made was never my own. It was always impacting other people. It was never just me alone. And it was a lot of pressure, you know, like, gosh, I hope I'm making the right move because other people are watching. It's an audience of all these people watching. And it was not until um, I would say like I did um, this church program where they had us read this book called Way of the Shepherd. And they talked about shepherd leadership and, and being a servant leader that it kind of transformed my thinking there. And I, I saw it as not so much that, you know, it's all this this pressure on me, but that as a leader, yes, it's influence, but it's also me serving and taking care mm. of other people. And it's if if somebody on my team is in danger, it's me. And I say danger, not like death danger, but like if they are even making a mistake, I take the hit for that. I step in front of them and I protect, you know. And so then I looked at it as 
it, it just was different for me because I thought of it even as like a, a big sister, how I protected my little sisters. And mm-hmm. if they were hurt, I would take care of them. So then it changed it. And I, I looked at it more as a, you know, this is, this is um, almost like a, a warrior title. This is, this is something that I get to do um, to take care of and, and protect other people. So it just shifted for me. So that's kind of my, my evolution <laughs> with uh, uh, leadership. I, I, I raise your hand if you see warrior when you see Mary. That's like, <laughs> as soon as you said it, I was like, yeah, like, that's like, I feel like you need an avatar now, like with a spear or something that goes along there. Um, but, you, but, but you're right. I mean, you're right. I mean, look, I mean, not that it, I don't want you guys to feel sorry for when I say this, but one of my team members at one of my companies lost a $7,000 today. Like one little email mistake, boom, gone $7,000. Okay. And I think all of us have those stories where, man, we've, we've screwed up we've messed up you know something happens there right and in that moment right most bosses or most people would come in and just like give them heck right instead of where i feel like you may come and say okay what are we learning great let's be better let's Mm -hmm. move forward that's what i love about you mary so two poet slams for mary so love seeing you here chris i know you might be behind the scenes are you there going once going twice totally okay and we will move forward there all right so um if you guys some of you know me some of you don't know me um so let me give you oh chris we got you there so can you talk or no you're mute you're muted there i'm so sorry (laughs) no i'm I'm getting ready to go help my mom who's having surgery tomorrow but i want to be here for this so i'm trying to do both, but <laughs> that's okay. And by the way, I, first off, we, I search thing. No, rule number two, we don't apologize. Life happens there. No apologies there. Thank so you. that's more important anyways there. So, um, well, Miss, tell us a little bit about your origin story, a little bit about yourself and what you do. Um, so mine is, I, I grew up in a Christian church, but I had a lot of trauma in my past. And I thought that because I was going to church, I should be able to, with my faith, overcome everything. And I've been in therapy for so many years and was just stuck. And I, my moment was when I was just pouring my heart out to God. And he said, he gave me a verse that says, you have stayed at this mountain long enough, break camp and move on. And I was like, yes, like I've been here long enough. And it was that moment where I felt like he was saying, I'm going to help you so that you can help others. And I had been a teacher, but I felt like that passion for kids wasn't there anymore. But now I wanted to help people who women who were struggling, who were tired of feeling like this and being stuck to be able to say I'm living in freedom now. And so I went all in and did all the research I could and practice on myself and came up with steps that I needed to walk myself through when I was overwhelmed. And I refined that and God just gave me clarity of why I was stuck. And so once I did that, I just wanted to share that with everyone and say, you don't have to be this way anymore. So Mm -hmm. let me help you. Yeah. I love that, you know, and and I'm in a world with a lot of passionate people or people I think, quote unquote, act passionate, but I Mm -hmm. always know how I can tell when somebody really believes in passionate what they do, there's a little quiver when they speak, because it comes from a different actually place Mm -hmm. when you speak and you can hear it. 
It wasn't just that I'm going to say it loud. There was that quiver, <laughs> like how much this means to you, because it's, you could feel your heart going like that. So I'm so glad you made that decision because that's not an easy one, right? You could have kept staying down the thing. Everyone would have known but judgment, but you made that decision. Love that about you, Chris. So two post slams, last but certainly not least for Chris. So this is not about me. I'll tell you guys a little bit more about how I help people, but very simply, this is about you today. So I think there's two things I'm going to ask you to choose one or of the options there, because I want you guys to get so much value out of it. One of the things I tell all of my clients and people in my world, and Alexis knows this is a very simply, is like, I don't do anything that shouldn't actually grow your business to at least 100K per month. That is everything I teach. It's the only things I talk about there. So if it's like, like, yeah, we can talk about posting or we can talk about, you know, what stories to write on your reels or something like that. But quite simply, there are faster ways to grow your businesses. There are better ways to grow your business. And I also think there's more fulfilling ways to do the work that you all want to do on this planet there. So what I actually am going to ask you to go around the room is if you have a very specific question, you're like, this is what I'm struggling with my business. Ask me to it there. If you have no idea what question you want to ask me, tell me what situation you're in or what situation you want to get to there. Because I think this is a big thing. I think all of you know this with all of your expertise is that our clients don't always know what questions to ask. They don't know if they knew the question to ask, they would ask it and probably get the answer. And all of you are smart enough. So don't feel bad if you don't know what question to ask. Just tell me what your state is and I'll kind of dissect it if that's okay with you. Double thumbs up if that's okay for everybody here. So I'm going to the warrior, Mary, warrior Mary there. So what's popping up for you right now? Um, so you're asking out like a challenge that I'm having in my business. Is that, is that yeah, a challenge or something specifically you want to leave today with? Um, I guess, so you said something about, um, maybe it's not posting to Instagram. There's other ways to get, um, like clients. So I, I would just be interested in understanding what those are for you. Like Got when it. you say that, what do you, what do you mean? Um, cause I've been kind of focusing on my Instagram posting. So I'm definitely interested in hearing more about that. How many of us are in desperate need of lead generation? Raise your hand. If you're like, I want more leads. I want more leads. I want more people. Okay. So let's, let's talk about that for a second. So how many of you actually really want more leads or or how many of you want more leads that are basically banging your door down to say, yes, I want what you sell. Raise your hand if you want those. Okay. And so I'm using this as a way for you to get better at asking for what you want. Cause I think all of us here, if you're a big believer in the universe or believer, you get what you ask for. We got to be better at what we're really asking for there. Because I guarantee you, you guys can go buy the $500 per month lead generation services. They're going to send you 50 leads and they're going to be crap. They're not going to do anything for you there. They're just simply going to waste 50 hours of your time every month there. So one of the first things I want us all to think about is like, we're not actually just simply looking for lead generation. We are looking for high quality, high impact, ready to go leads. And also people that can pay, right? I think we all want people that want to pay a lot as well there. So love that, Mary. Becca, what's popping up for you right now? Um, I don't have a specific question, but I can kind of give you a short synopsis of where the business is, if that's... yep. Okay. So I have leads. I have pretty good leads. Um, I have consistent monthly recurring revenue and I just hired my first coach inside my program. So like, 
It's awesome. Love it. Very exciting and terrifying at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I guess I want, I want to grow faster, but not so fast that I can't keep a hold of things. I don't, I don't know how else to put that. I don't want it to come out from under me. That is the last thing that I want because I don't want to have to regroup. Um, I did that last year and it sucked and I don't want to do it again. Um, but that's basically where I am. I have monthly recurring revenue. Would I like it to be much more a million percent? Mm -hmm. Um, I have profit. Do I want it to be more also a million percent? (laughs) So that's where I am. Okay. So you're in the game of leverage. Like right yeah. now, you're in literally the game of leverage at this point there. So a lot of times what happens is, is that when we're just simply looking at a P&L sheet, right? Most of our times at some point for every one of us, it's all about the top line, right? It's simply revenue here, okay? And then ultimately, of course, we all know there's profit, okay? But this little thing of expenses, I'm going to ask everybody this. How many of you, like I hear all the time, it's like, we got to think about our costs as investments. But I want to be frank. How many of us right now just show of hands, really truly look at our expense sheets as like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of costs. Oh my gosh, it's very expensive. Oh my gosh, it's hard to run a bit. Raise your hand if you feel like that right now there. Okay. So one of the things when we talk about this is that this here is actually your gold mine. Your gold mine is actually ultimately getting to the point where you're not actually thinking about clients. You're actually thinking about where your expenses go. And I feel like that's what we want to get some thought process around, Becca. So I want to kind of talk a little bit for everybody. If you're investing in your business, right? I know we hear that all the time. It's a cost, but it's not about actually a cost. It's actually where we should put that dollar to get the most maximum time for you. And I think that's where it sounds like we are, Becca. So the question is, is like, how do we spend where you are today to get you into 100K MRRs? I feel like that's where you want to go next. Is that fair? That is fair. <laughs> that is fair. Okay, great. We'll talk about that. Jen, what's popping up for you right now? I would say I'm with, right with Mary with, um, you know, high quality leads that, are ready to join. Okay. Beautiful. Love it there. Heidi, what's popping up for you? So I have just recently started this digital agency and they have recommended that we continue working full time. And so I feel like I've had this struggle between doing my healthcare job, but then trying to stay organized and like, I'm struggling to get into any sort of rhythm and flow with this business, when I'm spending 40 hours a week doing something else and tired by the end of the day. And so I don't have any clients yet. I'm still kind of very new. Sure. Hey, you're in the game, Heidi. That's what, that's the best part there. So, so let me ask this. Is it, are you ex- like when you show up for entrepreneurship, right? 40 hours, especially in healthcare is exhausting, right? It's not like you're sitting there and just probably typing on a computer all day. Like it's intensive work. It's people work there. So from a pure perspective of just hours, how many hours are you putting in the business right now? Um, Like during the, the when I am working in the 40 hour weeks, I feel like I, so I usually get off around 2.30 PM and then I feel like I work six hours, but it's not quality. Like I'm very decision fatigued from making like life or death decisions all day. I feel like I spend a lot of time trying to write one email 
like I don't accomplish a lot. I, I have time after work, but I just don't have the brain power left, I guess. Got it. Yeah. So one of the things that, um, you know, when you when we're talking about this as being in side hustle mode, right? So the question very simply becomes is that you probably honestly have about 10 hours of quality right? Probably with everything that's going on, like you could work six hour, extra hours a day on the business. But the bottom line is, is that you really actually need to figure out how to do everything you need to do in 10 hours. Um, and I, I would also say for anybody there, if you're in that stage, there's going to be a, there's going to be a jump. You're going to have to make a jump, right? A little bit before you're ready, quite frankly, there. It's, just, it's not even so much a time thing. It's an energy thing piece, yeah. but we got to get you to a point where you're like in 10 hours, I'm making decent money whatever that number is, maybe it's 3k extra per month, maybe it's five, maybe it's 10. I don't know what that number is there, but we got to figure out how you're going to do it in 10 hours. So that's why I feel like we got to solve for you today there. Okay. Um, Sarah May. So what are we thinking? Um, so I'm in a similar place as Heidi. I had a, a business, I was making money and then I took a new army position and kind of hit the pause button. And I'm at a point where I want to start things back up again. And I, I have those 10 hours and I have mapped out what I need to do. Um, but to, to add on to that, I'm expecting another baby in 90 days. And I am worried of slipping back into that pause part again, right when I get started. So it's kind of, it's a mind game right now. It's, it's, and obviously I can only empathize being a guy here, right? But first off, congrats there to you three months ahead, right? But there's a lot going on. It's not even just, this isn't about just time, energy there. There is, you're literally growing a human being inside of you here. So that's, there's a lot that goes into it there. Okay. So, so I think that's like, let me ask this about, let me ask this for everybody here. So does everyone feel like they're all in all out people when it comes to, kind of how they live their life. Just raise your hand if that's a little bit you. Okay. Awesome. Um, so just fun fact, I mean, I don't know why I'm sharing this with you, but for some reason I got into golf this summer. I haven't played golf basically ever, but for some reason this year, I have to have a golf studio in my house so I can practice my swing every single day. So I think there's this point where for those of you that are in the all out in all out stage, we have to actually develop a different ecosystem in terms of actually how our business is and saying to ourselves that, and I think this is good for anybody here is that 10 hours every week is all in. It's just saying what that is there. Because ultimately what happens is, is that we think, oh, I got to put 60 hours in, 70 hours in, 80 hours in, okay? And honestly, that's actually killing so many entrepreneurs and their dreams because really at the end of the day, the goal is not to work 80 hours to grow the business. The goal is to work as little as possible to grow the business. So when I see Heidi and I see Sarah, is anybody else in that position there? Like a little bit part-time? You're in a better position than somebody has that all the time in the world to grow their business. Why? Because you have to say, I'm only working on the things that matter in my business, not working on the things that everybody says I have to do. So we're going to get really, I think Sarah May is giving me some ideas here for you. I think we need to be talking about prioritization. I don't know if that's how you spell it, but I'm going with it there. So, so we're going to talk about priorities today there. And it doesn't matter, by the way. So please know this there. I'll get the people 
that, uh, you know, Becca, I feel like you would probably say yourself, you're in scaling mode, right? And the biggest thing I see with scaling people is like, great, I got more money and I got to get teams and I got to do all this type of stuff. And then all of a sudden they feel like they start putting money in all these different places. But forgetting the most important thing is that what got you here is actually going to probably get you the next three or four levels. You don't have to be spending money on everything else. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Love that, Sarah May. Last but certainly not least, Chris, what about you? What's What's coming up for you? I just need help. I need help. I love it. So I, all my clients are people that I know from church. Okay. And I've gotten nothing from social media, which I've been on for years. People say, I love your reels. I love them. They're great. And I still get nothing. I've gotten some leads, but they never pan out to anything or they're people who don't have money. That's just for everybody. How many of us are actually generating a ton of leads and high quality leads and high quality clients from social media? Man, was Gary Vaynerchuk wrong this whole time? Oh, no. <laughs> so listen, I, and so let me give you guys uh, a little story about a client of ours. I want to pull up her feed here. Give me one second. Okay. She just came to us about two weeks ago. Okay. And she has got this most incredible journal. It's a 24-week guide on, okay, let me show you this social media feed here, okay? And you guys, because the reason I want to show you this, okay? Okay, you can see, right, 35,000 followers, right? You can see how much focus and the branding and the messaging and all the different things that are going on there, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera, okay? So two weeks ago, she started in our program there, okay? Because every coach told her, social media, content, post, email, blah, 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 all that type of stuff there, okay? And so she came to us and very soon, she's like, Alex, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I've I, I got all this thing, but I don't have time to do the things I really need to do. And I'm like, well, what do you need to do? And she's like, oh, I need to set up partnerships. I need to set up promotions, things you talked about. And I said, well, great. Why are you doing social media then? She's like, well, I'm supposed to, Alex. That's what we're supposed to do. How many of us have heard that from somewhere that we're supposed to post, post the media, all those things there. I said, well, do this. Instead of doing eight or nine hours of social media posts in a week, which is what she was doing, don't do it. What would you do instead? She says, well, I'd probably reach out to partners. Say, like, great, how long would that take you? She's like, well, maybe two more hours. I said, okay, great. What about the other seven? She's like, I don't know. Like, what else would I do in my business? I'm like, what do you want to do? She's like, well, I said, I want to walk my dog more. I'm like, great, go walk your dog. How long do you want to do that? She's like, well, I'll do that an hour a day. Great, there's five more hours. You got two more hours. And she's like, I, I don't sleep in. Great, sleep in, got it. Two weeks later, she has quadrupled her client list because of just simply stopping the posting and focusing on partnerships there. My point is for everybody here is, is that if something isn't working, I don't care what any talking head tells you, if it was even me and it's not working for you, but you find something else that is working for you, do that instead. There's no reason why if you have, like I always use this analogy, if somebody said, if you have a headache and you go to the doctor and the doctor tells you to bang your head against the wall, you might think, okay, and do it, but eventually you're going to stop doing it because it's not working. But I think in business, we tend to get so stuck on, well, this is how everybody else is doing it. And so I'm supposed to do it that way. So I think actually for every one of you, and Alexis knows this, I kind of was talking to Alexis about this. 
I think we need to break down some myths. Does anyone feel like there's a lot of these things in business that are kind of secret that nobody's telling you? And it's like, if they could just tell me what they are, then I would actually do it. Is that fair? Does anyone kind of feel that way? Jen, I feel like that something's resonating with that message. Like, how are you hearing that for yourself? I'm sorry. What was the question? What, how am I, I hearing that? Like, yeah. Like when people like they're saying, you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to do this, you're supposed to do this there. And it doesn't seem to be working. Like there's some secret, right? Nobody's sharing with you. Yeah. It just it doesn't feel like good just in my gut. Like sometimes of just me, it just doesn't feel genuine or like me and how I want to work, yeah. I guess. Yeah. It's not how you want to work. I just want to do a quick exercise with everybody here. And I want to do this very simply. Okay. I think how many of us here probably right now are like, you know what, I need to figure out the new strategy or the new tactic or the new tool or the new expense or the new thing I need to put in my business. Raise your hand if that's why you're here mentally. You want to add something to your business. Is that fair? I want to actually start off by simply saying, what is the thing we should stop doing? I want to actually take a minute here, okay? Instead of us, before we even go into some of these questions here, I want actually everyone to take a moment here. Okay, let's go around the room here. Let's let's hear what is actually popping up that you can just look at and you're like, I'm doing this and I don't literally, I don't feel traction or it's sucking my time and energy and I'm not getting traction from it. Or it could be a combination of all three there. Okay, Heidi, I'm starting with you. You're the one I was hearing, obviously some of the part-timers. What's something you're doing right now that you know is like, you just feel like, oh, it's sucking my energy. It's, I'm not getting anywhere with it. I guess what comes to mind first is cold calling. Like I don't enjoy it. I feel like, I don't know. It's not something I necessarily want to continue doing, but I also feel like being so early in business, it is like really good learning for me. It's the only way I'm really getting in conversations. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are, is it growing your business? Not yet. <laughs> is it setting not, up good sales appointments for you? No. How long have you been doing it for? Um, only about four weeks. Okay. And how many calls have you made? Probably only about 50. And why have you only made 50? because you don't want to do it? Yes. <laughs> okay, got it. So yeah, okay, so got it. So let's put cold calling on there because obviously there's, there's something there and I get it. Like I know there's like this idea, like we got to get in prospects and I think that's why you were told to do it there, okay? But we can find a different way, but let's, can we hold on to that for a minute there and just say like, let's get rid of cold calling? Okay, Mary, to you, what's popping up for you? Um, For me, so I, I do the cold calling too. I'm I'm not in love with it, but um, it's the same thing, Heidi. It's it's making me feel productive because I'm talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, the content posting, it takes me forever to come up with, okay, what am I going to record in this reel? How do I get my script going? And just getting inspired to like, okay, will this convince them and tweaking my words and cutting the time? It's so much. So it's, yeah, just the script writing and then trying to batch record these, these reels and then editing them so that they look pretty. <laughs> yeah. And then next the algorithm changes and it's not reels. It's uh, oh. what's the new one? Threads. Go to yeah. threads. Oh my God. You threads. Do that, right? yes. I've been posting on that, trying to 
convert my reels into words that are like, okay, is this imaginative enough? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Okay. How many feel yeah. like content posting? Let me ask, just raise your hands. How many of you are spending at least an hour a week on posting? Way more than that. One hour a week. All right. <laughs> we got that. Okay, good. Is anybody spending at least five hours a week posting? Definitely. 10 hours? Could be some. Some weeks. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Posting. Uh, going to Chris. It's not for you. Because Chris, you got the heart of a helper. So I have a feeling you're willing to do anything and everything to help people there. It's my gut feeling. Yeah. Um, mostly I'm doing social media. And I've, it's getting me attention, but that's it. <laughs> a lot of likes, but no love. Or I always like to say we get into the friend zone. We're in the friend zone when it comes to social media. People mm -hmm. will say like, oh, it's great what you do, but nobody's going to pull the trigger and buying what it is that you do there. So mm -hmm. love it. Uh, Sarah May, what's popping up for you? Um, I spend a lot of time coming up with new ideas that sit in a notebook and nothing ever happens with them instead of doing the things that I know will work. Okay. You know, I think that's actually really, I'm so glad you said that, right? This idea of uh, journaling, manifestation work, right? You know, we hear those types of things are supposed to grow our businesses and, you know, taking those step backs. And I have moments where I think that it's important to take a step back from life and think about what matters to you there. I also think there's a moment about, hey, one hour of like just simply having the right strategy is going to do way better than coming up with a million different ideas. So I really appreciate that, Sarah, May, because I think a lot of social media talk will tell you to continuously just go into the journal and figure it out as opposed to what you need to do from a business perspective. So I love that. Jen, what's popping up for you? Overthinking. I mean, I have a full-time job as well. So my time's very limited and I feel like I get caught up in like making sure my words are right um, when I'm speaking and just get caught up in that stuff versus just doing it and the action. Yeah. Um, I am in a mastermind with Mel Robbins. Anyone know who Mel Robbins is? Um, and so I actually, and I've told her this and I, and I say this facetiously with love is like, I'm so mad at her that she wrote the book, the five seconds or some five second rule or whatever it is there, because I was a swim coach long time ago. And I used to do that. I'm like, all right, 10 seconds. We're going on the top three, two, one, go. And she wrote a book and made tons of money from it. And I never understood it. Right. I never understood like, why? How does this not a common sense thing? Because I understand here's what happens, okay? Does everyone notice how our kids, if those of us have kids here, they make decisions like that and they just go? Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. They just go. And sometimes they go without even permission or they ask, but still think they should go anyways there. And we all have those experiences, okay? But as we get older, right? When they're kids, they only have a couple puzzle pieces to decide with. They only have a few things. Like they only have this in school. I want to be a base. My son wants to be a baseball player right now. So ultimately that's all he wants to do. That's what he wants to do all the time there, right? When he's 10, he's going to have more puzzle pieces. When he's 15, 20, all of us here, I feel like we're in the 20s, 30s, 40s area here. We have more puzzle pieces than we've ever had before, which means that when you say that, Jen, it's not even just about overthinking. It's actually, you have so many different experiences and thoughts and ideas and different things that come from the subconscious. You're trying to put it all together. And that's where I think a lot of the overthinking comes in. But um, I think it's a big one there for sure. Uh, Becca, I think it's last, but certainly not least. What's something you need to dump? Um, I just dumped it. <laughs> I... I did it a few weeks ago. I dumped one-on-one -on -one clients. Okay. Because it was sucking 
my time. I mean, honestly, I spent all of my time on one-on-one calls. Um, and I didn't really enjoy it anymore. Yeah. You were done. With so I only have right? one thing to sell right now and it's so fun. Much better. Right. Mm-hmm. So let me ask this. Okay. What do you feel like it's a price at what you want it to be? Did you say priced? Mm-hmm. Um, for now, yes. So when's the for now, not now anymore? Beginning of 2024. <laughs> Why? Why 2024? That's an interesting thing. So <laughs> because... here's actually maybe Becca, I would challenge you. I feel like you got to start making faster decisions on how you're going to scale this. Yes. So the reason we're changing it in 2024 is because the time frame is changing in 2024. So the the length of the container is shortening okay. in 2024 and the price is more than likely going up okay so and let me ask this for everybody here my hope is by the end of this day right we got to know a little bit of time but becca could you solve somebody's problem in an hour of your time i could solve a problem in an hour of their time how, yes. how big of a problem is it um to them it's a big problem right Okay. So one of the things that I would challenge you Becca, and everybody here is that every one of you for my coaches and my agency owners, and if you're supporting and helping people is, is that a lot of times we sell based on time, as opposed to what really matters is we sell based on the result. And so I think the Becca, my challenge for you is it's not just about simply lowering your time and increasing your value. I think how you actually help people get the result has exponentially gotten better than probably it was a year ago there. Just food for thought as you're kind of thinking through this, these pieces. Okay. So here's my question. How many of you are actually willing to let go of this for two weeks and do something different? So like Heidi going to you, what if I say, he's like, yes, I'm done cold yeah. college. He's like, don't, I don't have to do it there. But what if we said, Heidi, let's just do something different. Let's, let's stop cold calling for two weeks. You okay with that? Yeah, I'm in. Great. Now, what would you replace it with? Um, I guess like email reach outs. Okay. Does that feel better to you? Yeah. Okay. So the point is, is now I'm going to maybe and try to give you guys some other things, but I think one of the first things we do is we tend to think the first thing we have to do in our business is actually add more, add more pieces, add more strategies, add more items there. Okay. Because let's, let's take it this way. Chris, if you stop posting for the next two weeks, is anything from a monetary space in your business going to change dramatically? Ask that again. If you stop posting for the next two weeks, monetarily, is your business going to change? No. No. If you post for two weeks, has it proven it's going to change? It's proven it's not changing. Right. So the only thing that happens for Chris there is by simply actually doing that. Chris, how much time do you get back now per week? most of my days most of your days okay and obviously you've got your mom that's going in the surgery which requires that emotional energy as well right so we need to make sure and i think this is the big piece where the intuitive pieces come a lot of people aren't telling you this because they think they're the authority or the guru or the expert they're going to tell you that this is the only way to do it you have to do email marketing you have to cold call you have to post you have to do this i want you guys to understand it from here on now i want everyone to write this down when somebody's telling you you have to do it this way that is their limiting belief being bestowed upon you because they can't figure anything else for themselves. 
So if I'm here with Heidi or Mary or Chris, if I said to you guys, instead of actually social media or instead of cold calling there, what if you actually set up a royalty agreement with people that are already in front of your audience and you could put on an incredible training for them to showcase what it is that you do just like this. Heidi, if you got in front of a room of your five prospects and just simply showed them what your marketing agency could do, how much better off are you going to be? Yeah, that would be amazing. Right. Chris, that feel a little bit easier to talk to people that are already like wanting to listen to you. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I think it's all to me at the end of the day. I think there's a part of our intuition that we sometimes don't trust because we feel like we're supposed to continue to do the things that we were told to do again and again and again there. So I want to ask this question intuitively, what is the next step? I'll start with you, Becca. So we've dumped something. What's the intuitive thing? Selling. Great. What about selling? Like, don't stop. (laughs) Don't stop. Now, here's the question, Becca. Are you the one that needs to be selling all the time? Oh, okay. That is one thing. (laughs) I don't want to be the one always selling because... I have a lot going on. Um, yes. So like last week I had to disappear. Some things happened off of social media. And so I wasn't the one selling and then nobody was selling. Okay. Right. So right now, Becca, right. How great is it? When I've said to you, if I look at my email, we just got a $4,000 order coming in while I'm talking well, about you. Can you send it this way? <laughs> Right. But that's so the question isn't intuitively, it's not about selling. It's I need selling to not include me anymore in the process there. Great. So even if you know intuitively, Becca, that's where you're supposed to go. Now the question is, is because you're smart, you're bright, and all of you are here, how do we start doing that? Even if we didn't get the answer. Chris, let's say we got rid of social media. It's gonna save a ton of time. Where do you feel like you intuitively want to move forward here with your business? I have no idea. What do you, let me, let me ask it a different way. What's the thing you love doing the most in your business? Talking with people who are struggling. Great. So your next step, right? Before we give some systems and all those wonderful things, how do we start talking more? So let me ask you this in your business. Are you talking enough to people in general? I have two upcoming, I have a, a conference and a seminar that are coming up. Okay. Is that enough for you from a talking perspective? I think I'll know when I <laughs> we finish get it. Yes, we get there. Okay, great. We're on that path. Mary, for you, what's intuitively popping up for you? Um, when I think about like what I enjoyed, so I, I did um, a trade show a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Like it was face-to-face, connecting with people, hearing from them in person what their concerns were. I just loved it. It's, you know, the cold call, I I do not, it's not a connection. The posting is definitely not a connection. And I I have learned that about myself. I am relational. And if I can connect with you in person, I feel like that's, that's better. I mean, even if I do not get to sell in that moment, we have a relationship, we have a connection. So 
the only challenge is, is that, you know, it's not like I can do a trade show every week, you know, or every other week or something. So maybe it's just figuring out how do I get in front of interior designers on a face-to-face you know, in a face-to-face way. Yeah. So you might want to start like, so great. Maybe you can't do a trade show every single week or, or you try to put some more resource and ideas into making the trade show. So the trade show supports the business for the entire year as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you could do things like that as well. But I think I like where you're going. I think you need more face-to-face time. Sarah mm-hmm. May, what's popping up for you intuitively? Um. I really like seeing people have the the light bulb moments from like conversations and connections that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to give more time to people to have those, those light bulb moments. We're going to be talking a lot about this today. Okay. There's a word that we use a lot in any marketing and sales system. So take this from, uh, you know, every business I've ever had that was successful has had the following. It's had great experiences. Experiences people want to go to, people want to see, people want to be in, people want to join, people want to fly to. Um, you know, as an example, we've got an event in Florida that it costs five thousand dollars for a day and a half. Right? It's not that's a big money thing for most people there. But we take care of the rooms. It's at a five star resort. We take care of all the the meals. We take care of everything from them. They get in, they get out. We fly them in if possible there. So ultimately they get to show up and actually live a different entrepreneurial experiences. People are willing to do things and go to events. I think what you're saying, Sarah May, that is like, that's the experience I want to covet there. And that's where I think a lot of us, I'm going to talk to you guys a lot about today about that 98% problem. Okay. And I want you, you can write it down right now. One, we don't have a place for them to experience us whether it's one-to-one or one-to-many, we've got to have something they can experience us at our best. You know, when Mary's saying, I want people to -to face-to-face, when Chris is saying, I like to get in front of people there, Sarah May, when you're saying, I just want to see that eureka moment in front of people, we've got to create something that we can invite people to that gets them excited, intrigued, curious there. And just a show of hands, how many of you feel like you don't have that piece of your business figured out? Like you don't have that thing that you're inviting people to And that's 98% of your problems. It's not social media. It's not your funnel. It's not your message. It's not this. It's that, what is that thing I'm going to invite people to? They're going to go like, I I gotta be there. I have got to come check it out there. So definitely we're going to talk about, we're going to call it, I call it the potent offer there. Uh, Jen, are you there? As you're in the car there. So what's intuitively popping up for you? Um. Being connecting, and I like what you said about the experiences. Um, I've been working on like redoing my offer and my email chain, but then sequencing, but then also working on having like a bi monthly kind of free like masterclass or something to then draw people to so that they can see a little bit more of what it's all about. Um, be able to then like join my membership group. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I think this is all right. We're, we got something we're going to work on today. So I want everyone to write this. Okay. From here on out, everybody of you that have a growth problem there or a scaling problem right now, 
you need either A, an offer that's going to attract more people to it and the right people to it, or B, you need to put that offer in a place that actually you can talk to hundreds of people, Becca, as opposed to maybe one. Are you doing one-to-one selling right now, Becca, mostly? Okay. We got to sell one-to-many. That will help you actually solve a lot of your problems before. But I think that's a big thing for most of us here. Just to give you as an example of an idea, um, her name's Tia Russo. She's in our community. She does a lot of astrology, Reiki work. She was struggling coming in. Recently, she signed up seven clients because instead of a calling it a Reiki session or a, an astrology session, she talks about how we're going to help you stop suppressing your emotions. Just that difference in language has basically quadrupled her leads, got more people into it there. So we're going to work on that today. Um, Heidi, last but certainly least, what's intuitively popping up? Like, oh, wait, did I get one? Uh, Heidi, I think he's the only person I haven't got yet. Yeah, I kind of said email, but I actually, I think that it would be like, this is so freeing just to think like for the next two weeks, what if I quit doing everything that everyone else keeps telling me to do? And I just like double down in Academy, which is like another sales coaching program I'm in. But that is the place I've gotten all of my leads so far because it's all small business owners. It's like, great. Why am I spending all my time over here? Let me just go right here. They're my leads. They're right in my wheelhouse there, okay? And I think it's a big thing. That's a big mistake, especially when you get into eight figures for every one of you, come talk to me. We can talk about going to different sources there. But bottom line is, is that for most of you, you only need one source of leads. Like one source of leads is very simply where most of your businesses will grow. You don't have to go all over the place there, okay? So let me ask this. Give me a double thumbs up. Everybody here feels like they're gonna dump something and start doing this thing over the next at least two weeks. Give me a thumbs up if you're willing to do that. Great. So I'm going to ask you to commit to it, okay? So I want you to commit to it by literally emailing me, okay? Send me an email saying what you're committing to, dumping for the next two weeks, what you're going to do for the next two weeks, and I promise I will follow up with you in two weeks to see how it goes personally for you from there. Alexis, I know you said somebody had a question. Yes. One, I like that call to action. That's smart. Okay. Question is from Christy Levo. When in the beginning, when you were asking questions, um, I don't have much context to share with you, Alex, but she said her question was about expansion, when to get a business loan to expand and when to hire additional help. So if you yeah. want to factor yeah. that in or answer Everybody that. Everybody should try to be getting some sort of equity line of equity credit, that line a HELOC or a business line of credit, if you can get it, the sooner the better. So you want to have that security net. You want to have that security access there, okay? Um, so I, I, every business I've owned is bootstrapped. So all three, all that means is basically it's either my cash or I've done a lot of debt equity to grow the business there. But for most of us, we don't have the ability to get a loan, et cetera, there. I think it's ultimately the, the biggest thing is from an expansion is simply the proof of concept. So proof of concept to me is ultimately when you want to actually put some fire and some debt into any sort of business there. So does she have a business that's already growing, scaling? Is that, if you can give me some context on that or not really? Uh, I don't have much context to give you. I believe she's still under the 5K a month range though. Yes, she's not ready for it. She's not ready for it there. What I would recommend though, is because that probably from what it sounds like though, she's at a 5K business. It means she should be able to jump to 20 to 25K. 
Because what it means is, is that if she's selling like a couple clients there, it simply means she probably has an enrollment problem, either in terms of the quantity of leads or very simply in terms of how many people she's actually reaching out to. Usually that's the case because if she's getting 5K, it means that people are buying what she's doing. So ultimately um, it means that there's that, that next level of growth for her. And she is product-based. So she is not service-based. Do you know the price of the product? Uh, one is a network marketing business and others like more Etsy shop things. Okay. So different yeah. category. So different category. I think usually in that network marketing piece, it's like, you know, how are they actually getting their money? Because that makes a big difference, right? If it's like all product-based, like it's just coming in from the sales of their product, it's a very different than if it's coming from the sales of their team. And so obviously one has more of a little MRR factor where the other is very simply, it's like basically product, you know, I got to keep them into my subscription in the world. I probably would advise her actually see if she can actually somehow actually get each buyer to go up 20 or 30% per purchase product there. Like, it sounds like she needs to have more of an upgrade process in terms of how her clients are buying from her there. So instead of actually trying to just simply say, Hey, I'm going to try to get more clients, which is great. For every one of you, there's only three ways to grow your revenue. So if whatever revenue you're growing in, there's only three ways that you can actually do it. One is very simply new clients or new business, okay? I think for most of us here, we're just trying to get new business. We're trying to get new clients. We're trying to get new products sold, et cetera there. So that's one way. It's the most common way to think about growing a business, okay? So pop quiz time. Going to you on this one, Warrior Mary. What, what is the problem with this? What's the problem with this being your sole revenue generation strategy? Just with new business, you mean? Yeah, trying to get new clients, trying to get new people to buy your products and programs. Well, because you're always you're having focused. to convince them. You're having to convince them of the value and find them. And yeah, so find people and then convincing them that you're worth it and that this is something valuable for them. Okay, so this is the most expensive way Right. Two post things, by the way, for Mary. Exactly right. It's the most expensive way to grow a business. So for every one of you, like when I hear, you know, for those of you that haven't got that client in or slowly, you're at the hardest stage of business. That's why I have so much love for you. I have so much love for you because this is the hardest way to get a business. This is the hardest way to grow a business there. Okay. Because I can tell you, as you guys get higher in business, Ultimately, you don't want to rely on this. Ultimately, you actually want to rely on the next two models that I'm going to show you next here, okay? So, but if you're in this stage, there's a key. There's a key. You've got to make it as easy. And you also got to make it as attractive as possible. Your job in terms, and that's what we're going to talk, that's what we're going to talk about a lot of offers today. Your job is not so much about how, what you're doing on the back end. Like, so like, Chris, when I hear what you're doing, it's like, it's not about how you're delivering what you do and helping people on the back end. It's about how people are resonating on the front end, right? If they're just simply going like, oh, it's nice. It's great. What it means is we got to find a way to make them go. I need that right now. I desperately need, I need to talk to you, Chris. That's what we got to do from your offer there. And for any of you that are struggling with that, that's what we're going to be working on today. The other two models I'll go into very simply quickly is very simply we get returning customers. Okay. People that keep coming back, people that keep coming forward, all those types of things, right? They keep coming back into our world. Okay. So one of our key metrics as an example is we want to keep clients for three years. 
And then the coaching and mentorship, that's a big number. Like most people don't even do that. Okay. The reason why we have it that way is because we know what we can do for clients and it's important to us to deliver an incredible result. So ultimately, once you get one person in your world, you should be trying to find ways to keep them in your world. Like whether it's MRR, whether it's other products, whether it's other services, et cetera, there. And then finally, the last, but certainly not least, which is the scariest of all of us, but I think all of us should do is very simply, we should increase our prices. I ask everybody a question here. How many actually truly believe they're not charged enough for what they do? A little bit. Okay. How many of us feel like we need to get that next client before we feel like we can charge more for our services? Okay. Chris, can I use an example? Are you okay with that? Yes. Chris, what, what do you charge right now for your service? Depends on the level of support. Give me your biggest, your best package, best thing. Best package is the, the best, the, the ultimate Chris package. Sixteen fifty a month 16, for six months. Fifty a month for six months, and what do they get? Um, weekly group coaching and two individual per week. One group call. And two per week, one to ones. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. So I'm going to say it in a different way. Okay. And I'm not, and this is just most coaches do this. Most coaches do it this way. Okay. So what a prospect's going to feel when they hear that is do I have enough time to spend that much time with you per week, Chris? Yeah, that, that is not the, the thing that I offer that I put out there. That's that one is based on need that somebody asked for the most support. Okay. Got it. Because they were in a really bad situation. Got it. So they had some major pieces to it. Okay. Yeah. What was the result, Chris, that they wanted? The result? Yeah. What did they want at the end of that six months? To have a totally different life. Anything specific they want to have a different in their life? Yeah, peace, not reacting to everything, not being overwhelmed with everything. Got it. So let me ask it in a different question. I think this is for everyone of it because I want you guys to start evaluating what you do. Okay. Chris, if you could do the same exact thing for this person, okay? Instead of it being six months, two one-on-ones and a group every single week, mm-hmm. that with your confidence and knowing what you do, you could do it in two group calls per month and two one-on-ones per month, but focus on exactly this is what this group call is going to be. This is what this group call is going to be. This is what this one-on-one, and you're going to show them the entire methodology and explain that methodology, which one's more valuable to the client? And instead of taking six months, it's going to take three months. Is everyone seeing what's going on here with this? Which one's more, so I'm going to go to you on this one, Mary, which one's more valuable? 
spending this much time to solve the problem or spending this much time to solve the problem. Yeah. The three months for sure. Right. So, so that's why, and the reason I'm saying this is because Chris, obviously I don't know your back or your program and stuff like that. I have no doubt. And that's why I feel your heart, your heart's like, I'm going to help. I'm going to do everything I possibly can, but I want everyone to start challenge yourselves this. How do you do what you do in less time? How do you do what you need to do in less time with the client? And so Heidi, when you look at your agency, great. What exactly, how do we actually get them the result faster or with less of our time to get them to that there? Becca, it sounds like you're kind of thinking that through to 2024 there, okay? And that's what I want to talk to you guys about today. Because when we actually think about offers, okay? When we think about actually growing a business and offers, Okay. I'm going to actually send this to you guys. Um, we just did this and we did a workshop with everybody here. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of send everyone this worksheet here. Um, so I'll actually, what I'll do is I'll send it to you, Alexis and everybody this, but we call it, I think 90% of most of your problems, if you're trying to grow and scale your business is simply, we call it a potent offer, but what are you actually offering people? So when we're talking about the people that actually are they don't know you. They don't know anything about you. They don't know your brand, et cetera. What they're looking for is they're looking for an answer. They're not looking for the, the hoopla, the information. They're not looking for content, which is how many of us feel like that? Like, oh, that actually hurts. Like all my content. What they're actually looking for is how does, um, let me go to you, Heidi, on this one. Tell me your marketing agency. What do you solve for people? Um, so I'm mainly starting out just focusing on SEO. So I'm helping them rank higher on Google, bring more leads in organically. Got it. Okay. So, so I would bet you could put something together that sounds like this. It's like, is your website generating five new clients a month? If not, read this report and I'll tell you exactly why. How many of you would want that? Raise your hand if that's something you're interested in, okay? So we got to put together things that are actually like, hey, let me just give you an answer to something you feel like you're struggling with right in the moment, right here, right now. Let's go around the room and get some, just quick thoughts for you there. Becca, what about you? What's popping up? Give me something that you know your clients would like, prospects would love to know the answer from Becca and your team. Um. Oh, I don't know. I'm not prepared for this. Like why? I don't know. What's your problem? They don't know anything about their money. They don't know how much they have, how much they spend. They don't know what they can or can't do in business because they don't know if they even have the money. So they have no idea about their money situation, right? Mm -mm, they're not looking. They don't even look sign into their bank accounts. Right. Why do they not sign into their bank accounts? Because they feel like it's going to feel really bad when they look at it. Great. So why not put that out there? So are you ready to look at your bank account and actually smile? Mm. Do these five things and it'll help you see how much money you actually have. Okay. That's interesting because I just wrote something down today that what if you were excited to look at your bank account? Right. So you can see we're trying to get into, by the way, we're going to talk about this desires. Okay. Becca's this client's desire is like, I want to look at my bank account and smile for the first time ever. Heidi's client sitting there and saying, my website, I, I built, I spent money on this website and it's not doing anything for me. I would love to know why it's not. Mary, what do your clients really want an answer for? 
I would I would say um, I guess kind of twofold, like um, having continue a continue because my clients are interior designers, right? So I would say having steady um, clients for the rest of the year and then standing out um, amongst other interior designers. Okay, got it. So let's talk about that. So I okay. bet. Just my gut. You can tell me if I'm wrong, Mary, that there's a lot of these interior designers are like, well, this person seems like they were getting business after business there. And I'm sitting here having just as good of a work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So you could put something out. Why your biggest competitor is getting more interior design work than you are. Here's mm-hmm. why. Okay. So everybody notice what we're trying to do here with the offer? Like, I'm hoping there's a little bit of a, no pun intended, but a eureka moment for you here. So, because Chris, you're up next here with this. So Chris, what are you hearing us kind of going through, you know, in terms of maybe something that would, because you want to help these people, right? You want to help them get that freedom, something like that. What is something you're hearing in each of their offers that maybe we could help you tweak something you put out there that people would want to sit down and talk with you more? Um, I'm not sure how to, I mean, they, I guess they want to not be freaking out all the time, not be feeling like their emotions are getting the best of them okay. or constantly obsessing or worrying. Yeah. What are they, how is them like for most of the people you work with, how are their emotions getting the best of them? What are they doing? They're either overreacting to people or they're stuffing their feelings with addictive behaviors. What, what behaviors? Overeating, drinking, um, scrolling over anything, over scrolling, over eating, over. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So that's, and I think that's where it comes in, right? Because I think, and this is just so, and I feel like Chris, I feel like I'm pulling you out. So two posts sent with Chris, thank you for being my little bit of like my example here for everybody too. But what I think you're hearing is, is that it's not, they're not going to respond to how to stop emotionally overreacting. They're going to focus on why am I overeating, even though I know exactly what I should be doing. It's not your fault. Here's why. Boom go into exactly what the answer is for that overeating or those addictive personalities there or that scrolling or whatever those types of pieces is. So the when we talk about answer, when you guys are thinking about this, when somebody actually wants to take action, what it feels like the key word is tangible. It's got to feel like they're getting something tangible from you. It doesn't have to be a reporter or training. It just has to feel like the I'm getting an answer from you there, okay? Because there's two types of people that are going to be in your world, okay? There's t- there's the info seekers and then there's solution seekers, okay? And so this when we talk about the idea of who we want in our world, when I hear Chris and for some of you in social media, what I'm hearing is that you got a lot of info seekers, oh, I'm gathering information. Okay, right. I'm getting all all the tips down and I'm going to go and and do something else with it as opposed to solution seekers. You got the answer. Now tell me how to do it. And the how is what they spend the money on for each and every one of you there, okay? Sarah May, what's popping up for you as like, what's an answer that your clients want? 
um, I think they're just, they're looking for answers in general. So I do, because of everything that, that I have gained through the military, um, I do leadership coaching and, and they're looking for like an, an easy way to become leaders or to figure out what leadership means to them. The big topic, right? Yes. Heart. Okay. And so I love leadership. You probably know that love leadership. Okay. So I get a lot of leadership coaches in my world and I always tell them the good news and the bad news. Like you have literally the best skill in the entire world. I believe leadership is the one thing. If you had nothing else, that's what you need. I also tell you the sad part is, is that most leadership coaches focus on stuff that people and leaders don't want. So why I try to say this is that we got to get to something that most of these leaders say when they want to become leaders, what is the thing that's actually holding them back from feeling like they can become a leader? So based on my past clients, um, it's been like a a lack of self-belief, but I don't know that my past clients are the same clients I want in the future. I agree. I think so. I bet you're getting that newbie, doesn't want to pay a lot, you know, trying to get price gouge you there. So, so I want, and then they do nothing with the information that I give them. Sarah May, I'm your client. I'm a leader, pretty successful. I want to grow as a leader. Take a guess. What do you think if I was going to hire a leadership coach, which I did, I spent over 150K for a leadership coach, right? So that wouldn't be a bad payday. What would you, what do you think that somebody in this position or that type of ilk, because you deserve to work with that person, right? So, Mm -hmm. and this is a second thing, okay? It's not so much about a who, it's actually what your specialty is. For every one of you there, when we think about this idea of actually who we're working with, if you guys want to work with somebody that has a lot of money or the money and they're willing to spend it, we all are thinking about not somebody who's a generalist. We're thinking about somebody who's a specialist, somebody who is so good at that one thing. For all of you, has anybody had surgery, knee surgery? Okay. Most of us are going to go to the specialist. We're not going to go to just any surgeon there. Okay. So we want to go to that person. So Sarah, I'm going to ask you something there for a leader. Okay. Cause I have a feeling you want to work with a different level of leader. It sounds like, is that fair? Yes. Who do you want to work with? I'm not saying me, but who do you want to work with? I love that you're doing that by the way. That's, it's uh, it's like... on like a 90 second timer. I'm sorry. <laughs> what kind of leader do you want to work with? I want to work with a leader who's working to build other leaders. Okay. So they want to, you're one of the leader that's working to want to build other leaders. What's their biggest problem? Um, Probably that they've spent so much like inward focus time because I found a lot of a lot of leadership coaching and courses and development are focused on how to develop yourself as a leader, mm-hmm. but they don't focus on how to interact with other people and raise up other people. Yeah. Do you think I, I'm going to ask you this? I'm gonna, and I hope you find this as a funny question, Sarah May. Do you think I'm an easy person to manage? Um. Be honest. It's okay. You're not going to hurt my feelings. I mean, I, I see you on Instagram. I would say not. <laughs> no, I'm a leader, right? Leaders are a pain in the butt, right? They have ideas. They have thoughts. They are all over that. They want to do their own thing. Sometimes they don't ask for permission, right? Leaders are a pain in the butt, right? 
So I think yes. what you're saying there is that's where I would go with the message. So I would say, yeah, I love that too, Alexis. I would say not. You're too kind, Sarah May. But no, I mean, that's why I probably am an entrepreneur because like I just was, I was the worst. I literally got fired from three different jobs in a three-month span there because I literally had a different opinion for what the company should do. My point is, is that Sarah May, it's like, great. They want a leader in their business. How do I work? How do I manage a leader? Mm-hmm. So like that, I think it's a big problem. Okay. And I think you hit on something there because a lot of these people are like, do you want somebody that's a yes person or do you want somebody who can take the bull by the horns and do it themselves? I want to show you how to be able to work with that person there. And if you've got that skill, you've got my attention and you've got almost every other person in my world, their attention as well, because they're tired of hiring employees. They want somebody who can run a department, run a business, run a team, run an organization there. They can't find those people or quite simply, they hate managing those people. So I think you've got something there. So the question I would challenge you is, could you actually hone that message into that as opposed to saying, well, I want to grow you as a leader? Because I think you'll find more traction with the people that you want there. Yeah, Chris, what's going on? Um, I was just wondering, so when you said about how you need to show them the problem or answer, you know, yeah. answer the, the, so give them the solution. Mm-hmm. When you're saying to do that, are you, in what context am I answering that? Do you mean like, like on social media? Because I was always told you don't give them the answer. Yeah. And how are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> but how do you give, like, you just give my entire answer. program is the answer to that problem. Yeah. You give it to them. Like, and that's so, because the, fun, the funniest thing here, because this is the biggest mistake. I mean, so, because everyone thinks like, I mean, so let me ask everyone's here. How many of us actually, uh, and I know it's being a little facetious, Chris. So, because I think it's important. How many of us actually are on this planet to make a difference? Okay. I think we all are. And that's great. That's great. So let's understand this. Not everybody we're going to impact is going to pay us a dollar. And so if we let go of that mindset, and understand that the people that are serious are going to invest in it and let go of the people that are just going to pass by and know they got something from us and we appreciate them. What you'll find, Chris, is that you don't hold back. What you'll find is, is that you show up in a different way on social media. So like, it's not like I'm on social media and I'm like giving you guys something different than I'm telling my clients in the back end. In fact, most of my, my posts are very simply a conversation I had with my client that day. And I'm just saying the exact same thing I told my client there. And that's why I get more people in my world. And that's why I get more clients and more dollars and impact and the followers and all those types of things from social media. It's because I'm not hiding anything. And Alexis could probably tell you that. I mean, Alexis, heck, some of the conversation I had with Alexis, Alexis probably saw the post. It's like, yeah, that's what we kind of talked about today. I didn't mention Alexis as the client. It just so happened. That's what we talked about. I thought that's going to resonate today. So I think, Chris, this is a big mindset shift there that simply everybody's going to put a price on it for their terms. Some, most of you are here because I think you find value in what I have to say. There's people that probably, if Alexis would have paid them to be here, they may not come today because they don't value what I have to say. And that's okay. So we have to actually let go of the worth of what somebody actually pays for us and understand is the worth that we feel what we have to share is meaningful. And we're going to do it again and again and again until somebody actually says, yes, we're going to have Heidi say, I'm going to invite you because your website deserves to have eyes turn into cash. 
And we're going to make sure that you solve that. And if you come to my free webinar, you're going to get the tools. But if you want to do it with me side by side, here's what you're going to do there. And so that ultimately that authenticity will start to pull through there. And so I think it's a big encouragement for you guys is to simply say, give them the answer. Tell them what it's going to take for them to, you know, stop to get that freedom to actually not be emotionally controlled, emotionally reacting anymore, or to finally look at the bank account and be happier there. So, so that's, that, that's my biggest answer for it, Chris, because I know people say that all the time, like hold something back. I've actually found that doesn't work for leaders like you and I. It feels out of integrity. It feels out of alignment. And ultimately, we don't feel like we're doing a good enough job in the process there. A technical question with that is, so... My program, it's called Grace Redeems, and I use the acronym of GRACE, the G-R-A-C-E, as the mm-hmm. steps that they yep. walk through every time they're overwhelmed. I don't have that trademark yet. Is that smart for me to be giving them the answer through this is what I teach? Put the TM, put the TM on it there and just make sure it's I not by somebody already. Then you're fine. Okay. You're fine. All right. Thank okay. you. So, all right. So when you have the answer, then this is the next part. Okay. So the next part is, is that we need to actually put it in their own words. Alexis, you know what this is, new marker time there. So, so we need to put it in their words. Okay. So instead of us saying like, so like he, as Chris just said it there, how many of us have like a system by name, right? You're going to be like, you have a cool name for your program or this pillar or this idea or this method okay so don't worry about it that's not how they're going to think about it they're not going to think about the grace method chris they're going to think like i want to freaking stop overeating i want to freaking stop yelling at my spouse i want to freaking just simply be happy put it in those words right heidi how would your clients put it in their words like when they say about their website i bet they're not going like i need seo today what are they saying Um, usually they say like, they just want to grow their business and they're, you know, looking for some goal, like the leads that I've gotten so far, one of them has several businesses and she wants to be able to scale and go all in on one. So she can let the rest go and focus more on her family with the rest of the time. Is that the type of client you want? I'm not sure what I want right now. (laughs) Okay. That's fine. So in your ideal world right now this moment, what client do you want right now? Is that the client you want or do you want a different client? I think my struggle right now is that I feel like, like that client couldn't afford to pay very much. So then I find myself wanting to charge less to be able to help her. Yeah. But I know that's not going to help me long-term, like long-term I need like more professional business owners that have the money to invest more. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I think it's a big thing too. And I think for every one of you here is that something to consider there. I know we're coming up on 3.30 here. So um, Becca, I feel like I'm not going to get to your questions. So you get a 30 minute free session with me to talk about your your problem, okay? So, because I'm not going to get to that problem today. But I want to make sure that, so every one of you has to know that when we talk about this idea of who, yeah, we need to work with somebody that has money. Like we have to understand or, or at the very least, they're willing to invest their business into that there. Okay. So if you're Heidi, knowing that very simply, it's like the people I'm attracting. And for some of you, if I'm attracting people that just don't want to spend that money, they don't have that cost. Understand where they're coming to you is they're coming to you in pain. 
And that's a very different type of client than a client that's coming to you with a problem. What's the difference? A client that's coming to you in pain sounds like this, Heidi. I need to grow my business. I need money now. I need like, I need to get, you know, I only have three months, et cetera, et cetera, there. Versus a client that says, my website's not doing well. What, what do I need to do with it there? Like, it's not helping me grow my business. That's a different, right? One is coming to you, basically making you the savior. The other is saying, I want this part of my business to help me go to another level there. And so my advice for you, Heidi, is to think of it either two ways. One, what is what a problem you like solving? Just find a problem you like solving. Or two, who's a person you love working with? Choose one and start figuring out how you want your message to go down that path with it there. Thank so, you. That's really helpful. Yeah, of course. Mary, when you're talking about this interior designer, I feel like you need to actually start going deep into them feeling like they're getting beaten by their competition. How would they say it? How would they say that in their mind? They would say that they know they're what they're providing. They know what they're doing is is just as good as everyone else. They would say that um, maybe they feel like they're not. Um, they're, they may say that they do not feel like they are not recording their work as well mm-hmm. as they should. Um, and then the way that they're recording is the same. Everybody does before and after, you know, everybody does that. Yeah. Um, so they probably would, would say that. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I think they would say. Cause I I know, I know I've talked to a couple of them and that's what they're like. I know I'm, I'm good. You know, I, I know that I'm good. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, for some reason I have these big gaps and, 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 yeah, I have heard that. Oh, I'm not always on point with doing my befores and afters. I, I did that at the trade yeah. show. Beautiful. Love it. So yeah. keep that in mind, guys. So here's the answer they seek, right? I want to, I want my interior design business to grow. Like I, I need two clients. I'm not getting two clients a month. Like what, like think about what it is they want. Make that the specialty, right? I am the person who gets you two new interior design clients every month, Right. So how would they say it in their words? My clients are always getting more clients than me. It seems like their calendar's booked. It seems like I have to cold outreach people to get them in my calendar. Like whatever that is there. Think about what yeah. they're going to say in their words, yeah. okay? And so the last two pieces, right? We want to go the answer. We want to go the words. Now here's the piece. Does anybody actually feel like they actually know how they want their business to run right now? Raise your hand if you know that's how you want your business to run. Even if it's not running that way right now, okay? How many of you, just a show of hands, instead of you doing one-on-one sales calls, instead of you doing one-on-one work, how many of you would simply like to basically have one event that sells all your clients for the month and maybe two group calls a month that solves all of your clients' problems? Raise your hand if that seems attractive to you in terms of a business model. Raise your hand. Okay. So understand that a lot of times the answer we give is already the answer they believe they should be doing. Does everyone follow me when I say that answer? Thumbs up if you do. This is important. This is a very important one. Thumbs down if you don't. That's okay. It's okay if you want me to get it. Okay, got it. So let's try it this way. 
let's try it this way. Becca, what do they feel like these people with money problems, right? They don't want to look at their bank account. They don't want to look like that. What do they want? What do they, what's the problem they want solved? They want to keep more of their money. Great. They, they don't know how much money they have, but they know that they don't have their, let me rephrase. The people that I want to work with that I have in my program right now make really good money. They know they make really good money. They don't know how much and they don't have anything to show for it. Hence the reason they don't open their bank accounts. Great. I want to keep more of the money I make. Hey, right. Yes. I know this. I, I would actually challenge you to put more, more language around it. I think your message needs to be tightened up there. Yeah. So just my thought, but okay, great. So in their words, they're going to say, I want to keep more money. I want, I want to look at my bank account and be happier, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Just give me an idea how you do it for them. How do you help them do it? We go over their numbers. <laughs> okay. So they have they, to know their numbers. Right. Okay. So do they, if you told them, oh, you have to just go over your numbers. Would they like that? Mm-mm-mm. No, but eventually they do. Right. Yeah. Within like a couple of weeks, actually. Right. So I can, uh, so let's, let's talk about that. Okay. So you got Dave Ramsey, right? You got all these different financial people. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're doing the same thing. Why are they doing it for these people? Why are they just doing these things they say they don't want to do? It's not because you're telling them something they shouldn't do. You're putting it in a way that they want to do it. Mm. So instead of you saying, well, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go over your budget. Oh, right. We're back mm-hmm. in school again there. Right. Instead, we say, listen, how many of you would love to look at your budget and actually be excited about doing it on a day-to-day basis? Me. Great. So here's what we're going to do. Instead of actually doing a typical budget, what I want to show you is how to do your budget in two minutes every single day. And ultimately, the best part is, is every time you do the budget, you're going to see that more money is going to stay in your bank account. Who wants that? Mm-hmm. So when you give them the answer, we're not giving them the answer in the, it's going to be hard. We're giving them the answer of, we're going to do it in a way that we want to do it together. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense more to everybody? Thumbs up if that's making a little more mm-hmm. sense to everybody that's going on, okay? So understand that when we actually give them the answer they seek, right? This is what they want. This is in their words. What they seek from us, we want to present it in a way that makes them go, yes, I want to do it. It's the biggest mistake. Okay. And I know we're at 3.30. So I know Alexis is going to give me that little heads up there. So here's what I want to do. If you guys are cool with it, I'm going to record the last portion of this training, send it to Alexis. And then from there, you guys can go ahead, ask me any questions. You guys got my email on anything we went over today. Uh, but I hope you guys stay committed to that two-week thing. And we'll love to help you guys. And obviously, you're in great hands with Alexis here. So, um, but I'll leave it at that there. So thanks, Alexis. I was, I yeah. went talking today. I could tell. That's okay. Yeah, I would be glad once I will send that over to you guys as soon as, um, as soon as I get the kids and come back home, I will get it back over to you. Thank you so much, Alex. Yes, we'll do we'll do a poet slam in your honor, Alex, <laughs> since that's your world. Um, thank you for speaking in and pouring into. I'm like, I'm getting even individual messages from people. So 
just know we are so grateful to have you. I will put your email address um, in our general chat as well. So if you guys need that again, you can reach him as well. Beautiful. Appreciate you all. So Thank you, I know all. you guys are going to do it. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.